Hello. Welcome to Our Unusual Life. My name's Jessie, and I'm here with my mom. Kathy. Hi, Kathy. And it's so <laughs> good to see you, Jessie. It's good to see you, too. I can't see myself. I wonder why. That's all right. Um, so this is episode six. I don't. I think we should just keep numbering them. Why not? No, episode five was our, our mini-sode. So we're up to episode six, and um, like I said before, we have started, it is um, live now, so you've been listening to the previous ones, so that's very exciting. Um, and we, the last episode, mom shared the story of hitchhiking with two kids and her friend, Bridget, across the land to uh, the, Grand the Grand Canyon. Canyon. So, which is just crazy, like, you know, that, I mean, I guess, like we said before, you know, people would hitchhike all the time. So it was a normal occurrence, I guess. Um, but still, you know, I'm happy that we survived. I did upload a picture <laughs> of um, where we lived all the way down a map, a Google map. Um, I think it said it was um, 17 hours or something. So... You know, that's exciting. But um, so, OK, so at this point, we're going to wait to talk specifics about building the cabin. I kind of want that one episode just to be about constructing it, just because there's a lot to talk about, I'm sure. Um, and so I want to wait. And then I also want to bring Lorian in to the conversation and do her little introduction. And so I think what... Um, would be fun this time is just to kind of talk like now you've you're kind of still going back and forth to Jackson but you've started working and you've decided to buy land and I'm just curious like what made you buy land so quickly versus just finding a place to live like where would where did that come from to want to just purchase land with your first paycheck up on the top of a mountain I'm not sure if I talked about this before but the whole idea of purchasing the land was to have a home base because when Bridget and I went back to Wyoming, I continued north. I picked up a car, Volkswagen Bug, and drove back to the teepee on Karen's land. And in so from in, Wyoming in to Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that was that was 1974. So almost immediately the engine blew on the Volkswagen Bug. And I taught myself how to rebuild it. And your babies, I also at the same time got a job packing shakes and pickets at a cedar mill. Right. And we shake. Yeah. And we talked about that at the Bigelow Cedar Mill. But that's, that's not when I lived at the cedar mill. Okay. I was living so you, in the teepee. Right. And so you had started working there a little bit. Right. Okay. And Linda and Bud were babysitting you, and Bud would give me a ride. And Bud was a mechanic, so he got me tools pretty cheaply. 
anyhow, so I don't know if you want me to go into detail about that summer, uh, but we, do you want me to go into detail about that summer? Well, I, mean, I that think that was the first summer in the teepee. Right. And are you asking that because this is also kind of when you and George separated? Is that what you mean as Not, far as detail or like, well, I mean, I think just kind of at this point you're in Idaho and so you just, it's such a, it's like such a random place to end up. And so how, do you remember like thinking of other places to go or did you just, you just, I mean, Santa Idaho is a tiny little town. It's not, you know. But remember, Santa is where the cedar mill was right i was living in amida on karen's land right and karen and i knew each other in jackson and on cape cod well cape right. cod first and then jackson wyoming and uh she asked if i wanted to spend the summer up on her land george didn't want to go so i went and i had borrowed some money from my mom to buy a trailer uh, which George was supposed to fix up while I was up in Idaho. So it wasn't random. It was more opportunity. And, and do you, sorry, do you think living in where we lived in Northern Idaho is easier than living in Jackson? I, I kind of feel like Jackson is a little bit of a hard place to live. Jackson is incredibly beautiful. Right. At the time we were there, it was not a family town for my age right I was what 24 25 and it was very expensive and there were not opportunities for employment for women right as far as women went you could be a waitress or a cocktail waitress or a maid right so so I mainly wanted to just experience living in the teepee. You two were old enough. And you, I mean, you are amazing kids. Uh, I think we would have had to have been to be able to survive, like for you to survive raising us like this. <laughs> well, I just remember you being so happy. So we stayed in the teepee. I worked at the cedar mill until the middle of November. So there was snow on the ground and okay. it was getting cold. I only had an open fire pit in the teepee at that time. Now keep in mind, I always had an outdoor kitchen. Right. I didn't cook in the teepee. Right. Sometimes we ate in the teepee. Right. But, but we didn't cook. And the reason for that had to do with you didn't want critters in your teepee. Right. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Anyway, so um, I drove, I rebuilt the engine. I drove the Volkswagen back to Jackson because we were going to go back. And I thought I was still married. And I, my parents had us all go, had Lorian, you and me go to Washington, D.C. for Thanksgiving. They paid it's, our way. George didn't want to go. So we went to Washington, D.C. for Thanksgiving. We came back. And when we came back, 
when we came back, the trailer was not really livable. Um, George had put a teepee up and wanted us to live in the teepee in Jackson, only he put it up behind a bar. And when he took me to the teepee, half the teepee was covered in ice. And I just went, I went, no, I'm sorry, I'm not raising kids where it gets below zero in a teepee that's put up behind a bar. So I went to the trailer. We cleaned it up. You guys helped, um, made it livable. But also when I came back from D.C., I had left the car with George and it had been stolen and my tools were stolen out of the car and whoever took it blew the engine so I didn't have a car I love that you had tools because I have tools too that's just awesome (laughs) I mean even though it's sad they got stolen well I'll tell you every class I ever taught well except for second grade I would always say to the girls there's two things and the boys there's two things you do in life you spend most of your time raising children and a a lot of time driving a car. So take an auto mechanic course. Right. Take a family living course. Right. And those are the two things a majority of students don't take yet. That's how we spend our adult lives. Right. Jesse, you just helped a guy change his tire on the side of the road. Right. I mean, that, that was so cool. It was in a parking lot, but I did help him. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you were telling me earlier that, hold on, your, so, your headphone is going out a little bit. So, um, just in case it's a little bit hard to hear. Um, so you were telling me a story about, um, when we went to DC, so the car engine blew up and you were telling me a story about how you had to like, you had to fix it yourself and Lori was helping you. And then we went to DC. So was that our first trip to Washington DC? Do you think? Um, let me think. Cause if that I was, was only like two. Yeah, you were two. You were two. Lorian was four. So yes. I would say that was probably your first trip. Yeah. Um, and and you say Washington, D.C. because that's where my grandparents lived in Chevy Chase. And so you didn't grow up there the whole time. But um, that's why we went to Washington, D.C. to visit grandma and granddad. Right. And that was on Chevy Chase Parkway, but it was inside the D.C. limits. Right. And actually they had bought the house next door to the house I lived in in middle school and high school. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. On Oliver Street. So uh, let's see. So I rebuilt the car. Now it was a 36 horsepower Volkswagen engine. And just for your listeners perspective, a 36 horsepower car engine is a step above a lawnmower engine. A three is it three point six? Three point six? Thirty-six horsepower. Oh. Okay. But what I'm saying is it's just above a lawnmower engine. I <laughs> could lift the whole engine with my two hands. Right. That's how small it was. 
And when I had to put it back in the car, I had to attach, I had to attach the gas pedal to the engine right. intake. And I only <laughs> had you and Lorian, and Lorian was four years old, so I put Lorian in the driver's seat. And she, I had to tell her which one was the brake, which one was the gas pedal, and which one was the clutch. And she had to press the gas pedal up and down so I could adjust it (laughs) so that I could drive the car. And that comes into play. (laughs) I love that you two aren't afraid to get your hands dirty in a car engine. And that comes into play when we go home for Thanksgiving because when we went home for Thanksgiving I was going to Virginia and I got lost we were going to visit um, some friends of my parents and so I stopped at a car dealership to ask directions you were in the front seat that was before child seats that was before well yeah before seat belts (laughs) Not you to were, age me at all, but no seatbelts required. Yeah. Yeah. You were almost two. Lorian was almost four. And I left the car in park. How stupid is that? And I'm asking directions and I hear the screaming and I look out the dealership window and the car's kind of rolling backwards towards these new cars. And I run <sighs> outside. At the same time, the car stops because Lorian, who knew where the brake was, jumped into the front seat and got down on the floor and pressed the brake pedal. So, so, so kids are never too young to learn about cars. That's right. So anyway, so we came back to Jackson. I had no car. Um... We lived in a trailer park, and it was in town, so I could walk to the grocery store, but I wanted a job, right? and I liked working with wood, so I went around to all the contractors and asked if they'd hire me, and right. of course, they saw you guys in the car, and just they were not very nice. And I have to admit, Jackson had Jackson Hole had an abundance of healthy male labor. Right. Um, of course. Still, they they were pretty rude. So I I got a job at the Cowboy Bar. Yeah. So we talked about all that in like yeah. the first episode. Okay. So um, then yes. I went back to Idaho. Okay. So I, yes, go ahead. And I never went back to Jackson. That's right. So that was, yeah. So you never went back at that point. And so that's when you really, like, that's when your new life was up in Idaho. That's yeah. the summer of 75. Nice. Oh, now I just forgot my question. Oh, when you went home for Thanksgiving, um, what was the reaction of like your siblings and your parents and stuff? Because had they hadn't, had they come to Wyoming yet at that point? Had they been out there at all? I can't remember if you said they had been out to visit since you had left the East coast. They came out when you were born. Okay. All right. They they came out when you were born and you have to realize 
every my siblings were all going to college and graduating but I was living on Cape Cod, which is a fabulous place to live. Right. And now I was living in Jackson Hole, which was a ritzy, fabulous place to live. Right. But they were upset that I had not graduated from college. Right. Right. Which is, and you know. It's a choice. Right. Exactly. So they were... I like to tell people that I, my family was very traditional and I gave them something interesting to talk about. <laughs> to this day, because I remember with one of the younger cousins at one point, she didn't really know how I grew up. I mean, I don't know why she would, you know, and we were talking about it and, and I was like, it was basically like we were Laura Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie. Like I like to say, we were basically like, it was like Little House on the Prairie, but we lived in the mountains and we had vehicles. <laughs> but other than that, it was kind of like that. <laughs> like it wasn't too right. much different. Um, you know. And it's, fun it's funny you bring up Little House on the Prairie because when we, the three of us went to Marguerite's wedding in L.A., mm -hmm. One of her friends came up to me with his two little kids and he said, oh, I've heard all about you and I'm reading Little House on the Prairie to my kids and I just have two questions. And I said, what are your questions? And he said, what do you fear and what do you do for entertainment living okay. up on the mountain? So what did you fear? Fire. Oh, yes, of course. Fire. It's so nice living on the East Coast because there's no fires. There's only like raging hurricane storms with crazy winds, which is just <laughs> as scary. But yeah, there's no fires. Okay, fire for sure. I mean, that was our number mm -hmm. one fear. Okay, and then what did you do for entertainment? <laughs> um, I answered him. I said, our lifestyle is our entertainment. Yep. You know, if you want to eat, you chop the wood. You know, if you want to bathe, not to eat the wood, water, you don't eat the no. wood. You just chop it to make food, <laughs> chop it so you can cook in the cook stove. We did eat other. We didn't have to eat wood. <laughs> and you guys would ride your horses to Francine's and Robin's and. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So at so, this point. OK, so now you're in you're in Amida and you're. You have the teepee and you've started, we covered in the last episode, you've started working at the woodmill. You talked about living in the little hut on the woodmill and stuff. At this point, were you drawing up designs for the cabin? Like, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do? Or was it just, um, you just kind of, it came to you once you were up there and planning? Or did you have the design already in your mind? I did not have the design. I had no idea how to build a house. And all I knew was that I had 10 acres and I wanted to have a home base. Never in my wildest thoughts did I think I would spend 10 years up there. Uh, my plan, I actually, that winter, I also applied to go back to the U of I. Right. Uh, and finish my degree 
so I just wanted a home. You're such a badass, like living in the middle of the woods with two little kids. You're 25 years old. Like you're, it's just, you're creative and smart and you can fix things and you can make things. And then you're going to sign up to go to school at U of I, which happens to be about an hour and a half away from where we lived, which you eventually did. You know, you eventually did. did go back to school. And traveled that huge long distance to to get there. Now that I live on the East Coast, though, people travel over an hour on a regular basis to get somewhere. So, I mean, take out trying to get down the side of the mountain. You know, it's kind of a normal commute for people around here. But, um, like, but I that's I I travel forty miles in forty minutes. Right. I don't right. think you guys travel 40 miles no, in 40 minutes. That's true. <laughs> it's like 15. <laughs> I mean, we never went to Baltimore when I was growing up, and Baltimore was 30 right. miles away, but it right. was a whole nother country as yeah. far as we were concerned. Yeah. And keep in mind, your grandmother fixed everything in the house. Mm. She fixed toasters. She fixed irons. Oh. She fixed everything. Oh. Okay, I didn't know that. And that's why you're the way you are. Look at how, I mean, you remodeled your whole apartment or your whole condo. The kitchen. Uh, (laughs) Well, the kitchen, but anyway. Yeah, we are definitely a family of doers. You know, we like to do things and, and do it ourselves if we can, so. And what I learned fixing the car studying how to build a house is that when I had questions, if I could talk the talk, men who knew the answers would bend over backwards to help me nice. intelligently. Nice. Uh, as And I really, it's like all of us, like one, one man said, you need to put it down on graph paper. And I went, really? And he said, yes. And so I put it down on graph paper. So then what happened when I went to put, cut the rafters for the roof? Yes. I was amazed that it fit just like it did on graph paper. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Anyhow, so, so I had a little study table. Okay. And we would go to Moscow on the weekends and go to the library and I'd get some books. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yes. (laughs) Where are you moving to? (laughs) I'm moving upstairs because the rest of the family is home. So we're finishing up, but um, I just wanted to move up here because they're coming in. Yeah. That was the summer of 1975. And that summer, Bridget had the teepee. So all we had was a tent. Right. And. When did you get Bella? Our dog, Bella. When did you get our dog, Bella? That was Bill's dog. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Before Before we had Bella, we had a German shepherd when we lived in the tent in 1975 when Bridget had. It was Bridget's turn for the teepee. And Zara was a decent-sized German shepherd. 
and she was an outside dog, so she slept outside. <laughs> she tent. didn't sleep inside the tent with us? <laughs> no, it was a very small tent. And one night, I could feel her. She kind of was collapsing on the side of the tent. Mm -hmm. And I heard this purring sound. And see, Karen had Mm -mm. cats. Right. So I thought, I'm going, well, why is Zara so upset? You know, it's just Karen's cats. And Zara Mm -hmm. started whimpering. So I unzipped the tent. (laughs) I shone the flashlight out. Oh, my gosh. And there was a badger sitting on his haunches uh, eating the dog food out of the dog food can he had gotten the lid off it was the scariest looking animal I have ever seen and he's just facing the tent looking at me no wonder the dog was freaked out yeah Uh, but very content just sitting on his haunches eating the dog food great big teeth oh I my just gosh. turned the flashlight off told Zara everything was okay and zipped the tent up <laughs> oh my gosh yeah it's, a, it's amazing that... nothing I mean we had a cat once that got her head scalped by an owl pretty much but like it's pretty crazy nothing crazy like tragic happened to our animals and I mean it's just that's insane well, keep <laughs> now I have mind. to Google a badger too because I'm not sure I know what it looks like. But they were more afraid of us than we were of them. Unless Except you had food. For the badger. <laughs> when I looked at that badger's eyes, I went, "Oh, he's in charge of our campsite, not me, not yeah. the dog." Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I got off on a tangent. No, that's okay. That's I love the tan. Our tangents, your tangents are interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a scary. Only man disobeys the laws of nature. Yeah, I mean, we unless it's an we, animal that's like lost its mind somehow, you well, know, like gone crazy. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's true. Anyhow, I think that kind of made sense, right? So, as while I was driving the forklift at the cedar mill. I was saving all the pieces of wood that normally would have been put in the teepee burner. The teepee burner looks like a metal teepee. Right. And it's where it has a big conveyor belt. Okay. And that's where the stuff is burned. So it, so I just had a Kathy pile. Gotcha. Nice. And we used, we used a lot of that stuff. It was Hmm. great. Interesting. Okay, so, so our bought the land. Say that again. Your thing, your microphone that's cut out why a little bit. I, that's why I bought the land, was just to have a home for my family. Yeah, twenty five years old. It's crazy. Good job, mom. <laughs> yeah, my brother Jim told me years later, dad, granddad came to visit us when we lived in the shack. Yes. My brother Jim told me years later that when he went back to Washington, he just cried. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, (laughs) now that I'm older and 
wiser, I guess. I can understand there is only grandchildren. Right. I'm going to send you a picture of the shack. Okay. And I look at the picture and I go, oh my goodness, I didn't realize it looked that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please send it. We're going to have some other pictures to put up as well. So, um, okay. So the next, um, the next episode, I think we'll have my sister, um, I'll introduce her and I want to hear kind of her versions of the stories and stuff. And then we're going to try to have us together, um, in the future. If it doesn't work, my sister is a teacher and is very busy. So, um, that we'll see how it goes, but, um, this has been our unusual life and I'm Jesse. I'm Kathy. And it's nice to talk to all of you. Yes, it is. And um, you're just amazing. This is awesome. I love it. I love it so much. E everyone has a story. Everyone has a story. It's true. Some are yeah. more different than others, but you're right. Everybody does have a story. And eventually I would like to talk to other people about their stories as well. So yep. about everybody's unusual life. So all right, Mom, thank you for sharing and uh, start uh, getting your notes together on how you built that cabin. And uh, <laughs> our, next our next episode will be How to Build a Cabin 101 with Kathy Dickerson and Bill Dickerson. Okay. <laughs> I love you very much. Did you want to say talk something? No, talk to you next week. Okay. Or the week after. Yeah. Depending when, on yeah. who you schedule. Sure. You're going to have to tell your stories too. Well, I mean, I don't really remember much up as of now. You know, I mean, once I start having stories, I'll share them. <laughs> I okay. mean, you know, like I still am, you know, not much stands out. So, and I am going to put up the video of us on PM Magazine. I'll put a link to that and... Uh, there's some other pictures on online as well. So um, thanks for listening, everyone. Good thanks, night. Mom. Love you. Love you. Bye.